What if I told you everything you know about the world is wrong? Dear Lord, what if I told you that all the things I believe to be impossible are in fact very much possible? Ah, reality is not what you think it is. It is so much more complicated, fascinating, and above all, Lord is terrifying. We're at the fringes of the map. And there's more than just dragons. In your name I pray. Amen. Frida Dietrich's mouth slowly opens. And then... Two toad-like little paws come out. And then a creature resembling, but not exactly, a toad drags itself out. Imagine two toad arms, like front legs, but then a tadpole's rear. Is this anything like the thing that I saw in the uh, of that, that ghost man with the creature around his neck? This is a much smaller version of it. The one you saw in the spirit world was so big that it could wrap its arms around a man's neck and hang behind them. But this is unmistakably the same creature. It begins to drag itself out of Frida Dietrich's mouth As it moves, you see that it's leaving behind kind of like a pool of black ichor. Uh, I'm going to... Fuck no. Take my Bible and smash it. And I'm holding my stick up to smash it after he hits it with the Bible, if that doesn't do the trick. You just begin wailing on this little thing until it is nothing but a black smear on the ground. You destroy it pretty thoroughly. I, uh, I pull out a handkerchief... And uh, hand it to uh, Mason for your um for the uh, uh, the book. Oh, thank you. John helped us again, it seems, and I start wiping the book down. I just keep the. Uh, I have another one. Oh, noted. Um, I had an idea. This thing came out of a box. I wonder if there was something inside that was keeping it in there. Because if this thing is so powerful, why didn't it just leave its box behind before? I don't know, but I've seen that before. What? The creature that uh, you dispatched a couple of times on this journey. I've seen an apparition, something I don't normally see unless I'm looking for it. No, not that I've ever looked for this before. You know what I mean. I don't generally see things unless I'm trying to see them. This made itself known more than once as a man uh, maybe maybe a, 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 an Indian fellow with a creature like that with its arms around his neck how long ago did you see this earlier tonight again the night before when we when when did so just on the train just here when did yes oh, yeah, see, yes see. of course when did genie die how long ago was that how many days feels like seven months ago but probably last night I saw it when that happened. I saw it again afterward. I felt profound fear in its presence. The second time you saw it, was there anything specific that happened? Like surrounding the circumstances? It was the second time was after Otis died. It was in the carriage that you're currently in now when the right. when the body the El Donchetto man was still here. So do you relay that? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you saw him the first time, and it was right after someone died, or or got killed, rather, there's a very distinct difference. And the second time you saw him, it was right after someone died. And then this thing is out when all these murders are going on. 
Angel of Death may not have been far off. I know it was just, I mean, I'm hammering this in, but frogs, blood, Angel of Death, like, it's just all there. Maybe. Or maybe this is what's looking for a vessel. Well, I would assume so, unless something else creepy hopped on board. Devil himself, maybe. I'm going to go look at that box. Yes. I'm going to scoot past and step over Frida, whatever's left of her, and look at the box to see if there's any sigils or symbols or weird locks or whatever. Good idea. I'm going to try to pick the lock on that suitcase while he does that. You pick the lock and get that open. Meanwhile, like I said, the crate has kind of like a vaguely mummy-shaped hole in it. And so you can peer through that mummy-shaped hole to see what's inside. But having a look at the crate, you also see that there is a hole in the side that has quite clearly been drilled there. Huh. Like like head level, torso level, leg level? About head level. Head level. Yeah. Somebody started it up. Yeah. Um, Using my eidetic memory of what this was like before, was that hole there? No, this hole is new. Yeah, this here, this here is recent. Somebody either activated it or tried to get inside of it. I mean, I know these people were after this thing, but maybe this was their way of trying to get in. But I haven't seen... What are you talking about? Here, this this hole in the side of the crate. Like, this crate was what was brought on board when Agent, Agent Watson was here, and there was no hole. This is recent. So somebody started this thing up. Potentially. It, it must have been in, inert or, 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 or yeah, dormant. Yeah, and it was either accidental or intentional. Uh, but I know these people were trying to get this thing somehow. Who just carries mm-hmm. a drill? Anyway, different questions. Uh, I appear on the inside. Is there any markings or anything of note? Yes. The inside is covered in script. You can't make it out, but from the little meager light that you can see cast inside, you can see it looks like the inside of a movie asylum, if you know what I mean. It's hodgepodge all over the place, a bit garbled here and there, but there is script written all like covering, papering the inside of this. Yeah, Edwards, if you look at here- You can't see it very well, though. There's a lot of different symbols or words or inscriptions or something- I don't know much about this, but I assume that that drill stopped whatever this was trying to do. Again, assuming. I don't know anything about this. Yes, it seems to be some kind of crate. Yeah, that's about as much as I know, too. Now a vacant crate. We now know something else. So what are we going to do? Singh, how are you holding up over there? Uh, Singh has sat down in the caboose. But he stands up to look at you, and as he stands up, crack from somewhere further along the train. You hear the crack of a rifle. Sing staggers backwards, clutches at his neck, and then falls down. Um, I hit the dirt again. Yeah, I, I drop as well, but just no words. Just a, a look of why. When that happens... A chorus of gunfire ripples through. It's like you're returned to the Civil War. So much gunfire is happening that you can smell the gunpowder back here. Edwards, what are we going to do? I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. The door to your cargo train 
explodes open, and rolling into it is the Frenchwoman, Katie John Baptiste. As she rolls, it's quite obvious that she's been thrown. As she rolls, she kind of like moves with it, comes to a half-crouched position with both of her arms raised, kind of like she was boxing, but instead of boxing gloves, she has those wrist blades out. They sit long enough that she can use them properly as daggers while she's still got bold fists. Ducked down so as to avoid sniper fire, moves the man in the heavy poncho, his sword drawn. They're squaring off with each other. They don't seem to care about you. Did you see a back door? Well, there's one through the caboose, and then it's off the train from there. But it's not in this room with this sword fight. Well, no, there's just the way towards the other cars with the passenger cars, and then there's the one going into the caboose. That That's it. You hear repeatedly the ringing of metal upon metal as Katie Jean-Baptiste and the that strange poncho man fight, presumably to the death. She moves quickly. She darts in and out. She's like obviously trying to draw many small hits. And every now and then she does score a small blow on the man in the poncho. He swings with his sword in slow but deliberate arcs. He has not scored a single hit, but you can see that only one would be enough to down this woman. Uh, There is like a carving upon the blade as well that you're able to make out because he moves it in such slow, deliberate arcs. It spends a lot of time just sitting still. You make out, Que Jesus met a todos. I don't think either of you have this language, so... Does that mean Jesus kills everybody? (laughs) (laughs) It means may Jesus slay all. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, it's very funny that you just knew <laughs> Christ that rules <laughs> I was like this is a joke just for Adam <laughs> so I'm going to look at Edwards and go do we want to get involved in this or I mean the ponchoed man looks very oh. scary do we throw him off his guard do we leave this is a them thing For the first time in the fight, as Katie is thrown backwards and she rolls once again to a low crouching position, for the first time in the fight, she notices the two of you. When she sees you, are any of you holding a weapon right now? I have a shotgun. This shotgun? She sees the shotgun, like a lizard brain kicks in and she darts out to slash at you. When that happens, the man in the poncho spots what is happening and he kicks a piece of luggage that has come loose that knocks her and her blade, instead of striking you, strikes the wall next to you. He darts in and their fight resumes. Uh, I move around the side and I have the shotgun pointed while leaving and the other hand up of like, I don't want to get involved and try to go towards the front of the car. Both of you notice that when you do that, the man in the poncho turns and gives you like a curt nod, like he's giving you permission to leave. But then you see that his eyes cautiously dart past both of you to Singh's body, and he gives you both like a worried look. You turn around to Singh, and you can see that Singh has rolled from his front onto his back, and Singh must still be alive. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean down and... and- Grab onto him and try to drag him out of there. I'll help you. Yeah. While you're doing that, Katie, for a second time, tries to attack you. And for a second time, the man in the poncho moves to defend you. 
This time he is forced to physically put himself. Katie like lunges forwards with one of her one of her daggers. It's like a punching dagger almost, trying to puncture. Let's say Edwards. She tries to puncture your neck. The man in the poncho has to physically place himself in between the two of you to try and deflect the blow, but he's unable to deflect the blow, and instead the dagger stabs into his sternum and withdraws with lightning speed like a viper. The man in the poncho staggers for a second, and their fight continues. Damn it, Mason. Put that shotgun away. Where? (laughs) I don't know. Get it out of sight. It's making her crazy. (laughs) All right, you drag Sing to the other end of the, the carriage car. Right before you leave, you spot as the man in the poncho knocks Katie onto her back and is trying to do an overhead swing. Katie kicks his leg. Then as he falls, she rolls up, scrunches both of her legs, pushes them both into his chest and lifts him up into the air. When he is lifted into the air, he is in clear view of both windows of the train. The man with the poncho, eyes wide, turns to face the front window. Crack! A sniper round slams into his forehead, and he falls off Katie. I drop Sing. I level the shotgun at her, and I say, I don't want to have to kill you. We just want to live. Katie... Katie, like, slowly flicks her or moves her wrists, rotates them, and the two blades gently withdraw. Thank you. And I, we continue to bring Sing out. You drag Sing into the front cargo train. In the front cargo train, you see that quite clearly the two swords people have been having this fight for some time, or at least a little while. There are slashes through several of the cargo pieces here. You keep moving? Yeah. I think we want to get as far from her as we can, because that's not going to work for very long. The gunfire is beginning to die down. Where would you like to head? Do you want to find an empty sleeper car? That's probably a good idea. We can see if we can do anything for Sing. Yeah. All right, let's go. One of your cars or just any car? Just an empty... Well, you get to the first passenger car, you kick in one of the doors, force yourselves in there, and sit down. You sit down in one of the seats and you look at the opposite seat and you see the El Donchetto man sitting propped in the seat. He is full of bullet holes. <laughs> he has just absolutely been riddled with shot. Um, he's sitting there and he has both of his hands behind his head like he's propping his head up, like he's in a reclined, relaxed position. Like he's relaxing. Yeah. What? <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Uh... I shoot him. Just, I shoot him. Uh, Two shots or one? Both. (laughs) Both? All right. (sighs) Leveling the shotgun, you fire both shots. You tear through his torso. You destroy the couch behind him. The corpse falls apart, I guess. Uh, I'm scrambling for the other shot. You load another shot in. What what do you mean, wait? What do you mean, wait? This is the thing. I, I point it. That's we don't. We, 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 stop! Stop! We don't know what's going on yet. That could be our very last. We may need that yet. Hang on, a second, for a moment. I do not release my eyes on my target. I'm gonna 
poke the thing with my stick. At no point until it was shot did it move. I think it's dead. Oh, it's dead. All right, well, that's good, right? Listen. Shit. Okay. Dr. Singh. We'll come back to this. The shotgun does not move off of him. It is still trained. Uh, Dr. Singh, can you speak? You prop Dr. Singh up. Dr. Singh kind of still clutching at his throat. His eyes bulge, and he tries to open his mouth, but just a bit of blood comes out. All right. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to, uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, Mason, what do you do? What what do I do what? What do you do when someone's been shot in the neck? What do you do? Uh, do we have any first aid supplies? Do we have, uh, is there anything in this car that can help us in terms of stopping the bleeding? Uh, it- fine. I don't know. I'll look here. I, I, I look through the car to see if there's anything we can use for bandages. You appear to be in the carriage car of Sir John Crown. You work that out pretty quickly. Well, he won't need any of this stuff. <laughs> You probably know when you open his piece of luggage and you find half a dozen pistols of varying makes and models, two of each. In another one, you open it up and you find it is neatly packed with ammunition for all of the said weapons. You could get feasibly any six-shooter pistol you want and ammunition for it if you so desired. Great. I'll I'll come back to that, but I'm going to reload my Derringer at the very least. And in addition to that, you open, like, several kits and you find, like, maps and diaries and stuff like that. In one of them, you find a little sealed letter that looks very similar to the one that Genie gave you. I just instinctively tuck that into my uh, breast pocket. And then finally, you find a small little first aid kit of sorts. <laughs> I, um, I didn't see anything, like valuable and pocketable looking in there while no, I was, you would, uh, yeah. one of them a little travel case sealed with a lock that you probably would have also found here as well when you open yeah, it that just <laughs> when you open it you find three very expensive looking pocket watches in addition mm-hmm. to some other maybe uh rings of sorts for marking someone as being part of the upper class <laughs> like a ring with a sigil yeah, like like a signet ring yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you'd find several I think uh, <laughs> so. I am going to take the, um, the 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 first aid kit out of the the luggage, but I've pocketed the watches, and if the Reverend is keen eyed, I am wearing significantly more rings than I was when the search started. <laughs> you better hope he's not still alive. <laughs> I'm not going to wear the rings. That's inviting trouble. But I am taking them. We're, All right, feel free to add them to your inventory. Did you find anything? Yeah. First aid kit. Great. Uh, do you know how to use it? Is there a button? Wonderful. You hold this. You train it at this. If it moves, you shoot it, and then you beat it into oblivion. Give me the med kit, and I pass it. Uh, and then I uh, do a medicine check or something to treat Dr. Singh, and I talk to him in a calm and collect voice as much as possible to try to reassure him to stay with the living. Dr. Singh is not going to be talking anytime soon, but he's not going to die anytime soon either. All right, you're not going to die anytime soon, but you should just just stay quiet. 
All right, you're going to need your wrist. It looks like he was very lucky. The bullet doesn't seem to have, like, gone in and through an artery. It looks like it nicked an artery instead, which obviously is not good, but it's not as bad as it could have been. I will not inform him that he was lucky. Seems in bad taste. I will just uh, tell him, just rest up. You'll be all right. Uh, Well, I'm going to grab a... I guess I'm going to grab a pair of pistols. Things are very dangerous. If there are some simple, uh, like, serviceable-looking revolvers, mm-hmm. gonna, I, you, you said that there would basically be anything we could picture, right? Yeah. Uh, so if there, Basically, yeah. It's, I'm gonna, I'd like to grab a pair of Colt Navy service revolvers. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Those would be... All of the, all of the weapons in the, in the trunk are, like... <laughs> imagine, like, an organizer in the trunk... And instead of, like, shoes or jewelry, the organizer, in little felt containers, there are beautifully looked after, well cared for, two of any any weapon. You search through and you almost immediately find the old Navy revolvers. You withdraw two and feel their, their surprisingly hefty yet simple weight. You, in addition, there'd also be ammunition for them. So you can grab... I don't know, maybe, like, uh, for those ones, probably maybe an extra, <laughs> uh, an extra, like, 15 rounds. Great. In addition to what they're loaded with. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick them up and, like, you know, take a take a look at them, and I'll, I'll look over to uh, Mason and be like, you know, I used one of these in a stage performance. It was loaded with uh, blanks. I feel as though I have a bit of a uh, <clears throat> proficiency with them. Um can you tell me if it's loaded? Um, sorry. Um, that. Yes, I uh, probably could. If you just uh, knock out the barrel there, you can just take a look. Yes, I just hand it to you. <laughs> you break open the action, have a look inside. There's, I think it's a six shot. So yeah, both of them. Yeah, both of them are loaded with. Actually, they'd only be loaded with five bullets, not six. It's generally the way. The first chamber is not loaded to prevent if the trigger is accidentally pulled, basically as a safety. To prevent an accidental discharge. discharge. Uh, Well, you have five bullets in here. Just uh, when you click the first time, expect nothing. And I pass it back. Right. I take them and I... I, Was there a gun belt with them or is it just the guns? (laughs) If you keep going through, (laughs) you're taking like... Thing after thing down, going through all of John Crown's uh, stuff. You you eventually, yeah, find, like, uh, he has so much gunslinger paraphernalia. He obviously, uh, it's almost fetishistic, the amount of uh, accoutrements and whatnot that he has. You find, yeah, a series of different gun belts, all with different kind of, like, massive brass or silver or sometimes gold belt buckles mm-hmm. to go with them. You even find maybe, like, a couple of bandoliers, should you desire. I, I'm going to take, uh, like, uh, the most, like, hand-tooled, you know, like, Western-style cowboy uh, gun belt and then strap that on. Both of you hear, the, like, jingle-jangle of spurs coming down the, the train car towards you. Who was wearing spurs? My eidetic memory would tell me. You remember the marshal or fake marshal, it's, you're uncertain, the good George Maynard. The one that we let free? No, not the one you let free. 
Oh, Got it. the other one. The one I suspect is the fake one. Yeah, the one you suspect to be the fake marshal. He was wearing spurs. He's the only person on this train who you've seen wear spurs as well. And do we hear them going towards the cargo car or going towards the front of the train? You hear them coming towards the cargo car, which would also be towards you. But um, like from the front to the back. Yeah, yeah from the front. Okay. Yeah. As, they, as the spurs pass you, what do you want to do? I whisper to Edwards and say, that's the, uh, that's the fake marshal, I think. I, I hold up a, a, a quiet finger and, and nod. I nod as well. As the spurs get to you, you hear, uh, you don't need a roll. You just hear the door towards the front of the train explode open. And you hear a familiar voice, the voice of the man you freed, Morgan Clanton, yell, You damn dirty son of a bitch! George Maynard, you hear him spin on the spot. You, uh, no, you know what? You both, both of your like ears are pricked. Even above the din of the train, you can hear hands wrapping around the tight leather of a gun holster. Should we help? No. Right. George Maynard responds, out of your bondage, I see. I wish one of them would use a proper noun so we know who's who. <laughs> it's you. The real marshal. <laughs> right, something like that. Morgan Clanton, from the other end of the train, speaks up again. You best be tossing that gun belt my way, or I'm going to be taking it from your dead body. George Maynard responds. Get ready. There's a tense, quiet moment. Then you hear iron-clearing leather and several gunshots from both ends of the train. Damn it, we should have, I should have gotten involved. I don't think I would have been able to help. You hear gunshot after gunshot after gunshot. It sounds like, it sounds like a Gatling gun has opened up in this train carriage. But eventually, the gunfire on the far end, where Morgan Clanton, the man you freed, where he is, that gunfire peters out after, well, after he spends his five. And then you just hear... Uh, shot after shot after shot from George Maynard, the man you didn't free, as he walks from his end of the train car up to the other end of the train car. And quite clearly, he not only killed Morgan Clanton, but kept shooting after the body hit the floor. That's an interesting piece you had there. You Well, you hear him pick up the piece. Now, where did you get something like this, George? So I am blatantly not interfering because I am holding out to my virtue of peaceful. I've had enough bloodshed for the day, and he is aiming this gun at a corpse instead of a person. The train continues to shuffle onwards, and you hear George, well, you hear Morgan Clanton, his real name, head off. Um, I'm open to... Any suggestions for what we might do next? Well, you found my realm of expertise of things to give advice for. Oh, that was sarcasm. That was very much sarcasm, yes. I don't know what to do in this situation here, Edwards. I Look at this. As I point to the corpse that has exploded against the side of the train car. This thing was here and walking around potentially and people are getting killed and brought back to life and people who aren't 
aren't who they say they are. Even our friend Singh here had a hidden weapon with him. What do you expect us to do? I don't know. I start taking the uh, the rings that I had taken out of that case and dropping them back into it, going, I don't know. You hear a knocking from the wall to the next sleeper. Like someone's knocking on the wall in between sleepers, in between your room and the next room. Does it sound panicked or like trying to keep it down? Like what kind of knocking does it sound like? It's uh, it's like this. Do we know whose room that is? No, you don't. Hmm. I'm going to knock back. You hear the knock again, and then you can hear kind of like through the walls. Psst, come here. Come here. Um, Do we recognize the voice? Edwards, you don't recognize it. That could be anybody. But Reverend, you recognize Miguel Zadillo, the conductor. Oh, that's oh. Miguel next door. Oh, shit. Let's go. Yes. Uh, maybe look down the hallway, see if we have any other visitors. Good idea. And see if Miguel wants to come in here because Singh is in here, you know? Yeah, all right. I'll go, I'll go get him. I, I feel like it's going to be easier to explain to Sir Crown uh, why I have a pair of his guns than why I have a pocket full of his rings. So. <laughs> <clears throat> That's a fair point. Yeah.